Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. This podcast was originally a live show that was aired across several different social media platforms. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I'm so excited to be here. I finally got a chance to grab my special guest and, and get him here. Michael Hines, welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, I've been looking forward to this as well, and congratulations uh, to everything that you're doing. Um, it's really, really impressive, and I couldn't be more proud of you. I appreciate that so much. It's been uh, it's been a wild journey, and it's been the the best part about it has been meeting people like yourself and meeting some awesome people. And now I get a chance to share everybody's stories, and so excited to dive into your story. I know we were talking a little bit in the the pre show, and your talent. We were already talking about all the great things that's going on with being a school leader during a pandemic. So we're looking forward to diving into that because I'm sure a lot of folks out there can totally relate with all that's going on these days. No, for but, sure. You know, I, I was equating it, you know, being a school leader or even being a, a, in any capacity, Brandon. Uh, it's like sprinting a marathon with a weighted vest. That's what it feels like as we're doing this. And, you know, you have to be humble about it and you have to have a sense of humor as you're doing it because it can really it can it can, it can really hurt you. So. I'm I'm so thankful you're sharing all these stories. Oh, awesome. So for those people out there that may not know who you are, I mean, I know who you are because you are the off, author of this amazing book right here, Staying Grounded. I, I personally love this book and I loved it so much that I actually reached out to you and asked you to uh, write the forward for Unlocking Unlimited Potential. But tell us a little bit about you so people know who you are. Sure. Um, well, first of all, n there are people out there who don't know who I am. I am really, I'm totally kidding. So that's what I mean by having a sense of humor. Um, so listen, Brandon, I've been in education for over 25 years. Um, started out as a teacher, and um, which is the best, by the way. And you're always a teacher, even when you're a superintendent or you're an administrator in any capacity. But I've pretty much held almost every position within a school district from being an assistant principal which I'm still recovering from, uh, being a principal, being an assistant principal for curriculum and instruction. Believe it or not, business and finance, which is really scary to think about if you know me personally. And then, of course, you know, being a, a superintendent of schools. This is my third school district, and I've been just so blessed. And I also teach at the uh, 
graduate level um, at, um, at LIU and uh, at Stony Brook University. So you're, you're doing pretty much everything, which is amazing. You're hitting it from all angles. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm trying, but you know, and I know you know this better than anybody, it's, it's the people that surround you, the people that you're with, that that's what makes you who you are. And I've been very fortunate to have unbelievable teams uh, working with me. Yeah. And I mean, it has to be, has to be an amazing experience to be able to, to really pull together that team. And you talk about, we were talking about before, and I think it's important to talk about now. I mean, talk about leading through a pandemic and how important that team has really been for you. You know, what are some things that you've experienced being a school leader in the pandemic, some of your highlights, I guess, and some of your, your lowlights, right? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, as, as we were talking about offline, this has been the hardest year of my life by far. Uh, I would say both personally and professionally, it's, it's taken, it's taken its toll. And I've leaned on people more now than I ever have before. Um, but when it comes to my team, yeah, it's just, uh, I've been very fortunate to, be surrounded by people who are very altruistic, who understand the importance of a vision and mission as you're going through this incredibly difficult pandemic. As I said to you before as well, you know, uh, I've made some decisions that were not very popular and um, that's, that's kind of hard, you know, because you deeply care about your community, you deeply care about the children you're serving and any decision that we make or I make or recommendation, recommendation I make, it's, it's, it's highly probable you're going to upset a cohort of people for sure. And you have to, in some ways, embrace that, not be happy about it, but understand that's part of the job. And uh, having rhino skin in, in doing it, you can't take things too personally. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been a challenge between having students come all in uh, to, to our schools to helping design and implement a hybrid model, and now looking to potentially bring students back now at the secondary level and certain grade levels. It's it's never static, right? So whatever decision you make, you have to be very comfortable revisiting that decision often. And um, so there's a lot of lessons learned in all this for sure. And I've aged tremendously this year. <laughs> and not for the good. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think so. You still look good. I was actually looking for my pocket square and I was going to put on a, a suit jacket for this one, oh. but I, I couldn't figure out the pocket square. So you have to teach me oh, that. Man. I, uh, was, this one's built in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, when you're in a position like you're in, um, there is a lot of decisions that you used to make that, you know, yeah, maybe they were, you know, they touched on a few people and but it's so much more heightened now because there's so much unknown. And so when you're leading through the unknown, that's got to be such a, a fascinating experience, because at the end of the day, how do you, you know, because I know many leaders, you know, talk about this. How do you really how do you make those decisions knowing that, hey, people out there are going to be upset? And how do you how do you kind of go home and look at yourself in the mirror every day and, and just keep going in that same role? Because I know this is something that leads to a lot of people leaving the, the profession. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, first of all, I threw away the mirror so I don't have to look at myself. So that, that definitely helps. But in all seriousness, it really comes down to, I think, a few things. Um, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. And you have to not only be comfortable in your own skin, 
um, you have to, when you wake up in the morning, whatever time you wake up, having a set of routines that puts you in a good space in your mind is really, really important because you know for a fact you're shot out of a cannon every single day and you're making so many micro and macro decisions and recommendations every day. So, you know, whether it's working with my incredible board of education, that's really, really important to do. And so you need to make sure they have all the information they need every single day. Same with our, my, my cabinet that I have working with our, um, our staff and then the community. Um, I communicate, I, I think this year, an exponent of three, uh, than in, in previous years. And in some ways I'm doing well. And in some ways I am not doing well. And you have to be comfortable, you know, owning up to the fact when you don't, when you fall flat or when you think you're doing the right thing. And then you, like I said, you said you have to pivot at the last second. And so sometimes self doubt creeps in. Uh, many times you're exhausted mentally, physically, spiritually, in, in every way, you have to find time for yourself to make sure that you replenish yourself so you can come back and rinse and repeat <laughs> some of those things. Um, but like the George Harrison song, all things must pass, right? This isn't lasting forever. And you have to know it's not lasting forever, but you have to give 100% every single day. And if you're doing that, um, that's the best you can do. Yeah. And I think like the million dollar question that everybody keeps asking is, okay, so now once we eventually get through all of this and, and once, you know, this, this too shall pass, right? Where, what are some of the positive things? Like, what do you see as the future? I know one thing that you wrote that it was, it, it was the first line of the forward for unlocking unlimited potential. And I quote, education is at a crossroads. It has one foot in the past and another stepping forward toward the future. So, you know, here we are now stepping toward the future after going through this craziness. And, you know, what does that say? What do you see in, in the future of education? Yeah, I, I see. I see a few things, but I think what's most important is there's what you see. And then are you able to make it happen? Right. And I, I think we have to be very clear about that, about our intention to, to make those changes. In many ways, public school systems haven't really changed since the 80, uh, 1850s. They, they just haven't. But it's it's been the same thing. If you if you look at hospitals and doctors and you see pictures of what a hospital and doctor looks like in 1850, 1900, 1950, 2000, 2020, major major differences, right? Automobiles or transportation, major major differences. If you look at it. For the most part, when you look at our school systems, they really haven't changed that much from the rows that we have in our classrooms. Instead of a chalkboard, you have a whiteboard or a smart board. But for the most part, it really hasn't changed. Um, and there are classrooms out there that totally go against the grain. And there are schools out there and districts out there. But I, I'd like to think they're probably more anomalies. than. And so we have to understand that. And yeah, also, Brandon, people want change until it happens right so people are like i want change i want to see this happen see that happen and then when you're about to make it happen they're like what are you doing like wh why are you making those changes because it's hard and there are intended and unintended consequences when you do so so the long oh, that was the long answer the short answer is um we need to take a balanced approach to what our why is which is what i know you mentioned in your book 
um, understanding your why, understanding the purpose of education, clearly defining what the purpose of education is. And I, I think once we do that, we can build around what that purpose is and revisit how we go about our business and making that happen. Because ultimately, for me, the purpose is it's about maximizing the potential and talents of all students who don't know, usually after 14,000 hours, what they're good at or how good they can be at something. So those are the things we need to, to figure out. Yeah, and I think, I think there also goes to be said something about how teachers had, you know, and educators everywhere had to, and families as well, had to really turn on technology. Oh. And obviously that comes with positives and negatives, but, you know, I know where I work in a district where access was really an issue. And, you know, when you start to see like all these people go to these absolute means to create access for kids, how that opened the door to so much. And so I really see, do you also agree? Like, do you see technology as, you know, something that is, is really something that's going to help us move forward toward the future? One hundred percent. I mean, technology. First of all, I I can't. I still can't believe how much teachers have done from last March to where we are right now. Like, I really, I am in complete awe. Not only in my school district, but in in all school districts. It, it you talk about making a complete one eighty. Um, we moved forward a one on one initiative, which we didn't have before the pandemic. Um, and teachers had to learn so many different things in real time, not only learn them, but then apply them in real time. That's not easy like on a normal day, but uh, you know, in, during a pandemic, it's it's next to impossible. And, and so technology, I think is important. I don't think, however, it should be a driver. And I think there are other drivers that are more important. The technology and equity piece is paramount for kids, I think, in order for them to be successful. But there are other things that are just as important that I think we need to focus on. I don't want to see school districts totally focus on 100% technology and forget other things that have that have to do with physical uh, growth and emotional growth and social growth, which is incredibly important too. Yeah, and that's I agree. I mean, that's one thing too. You know, with all the technology, how are we using that to grow? How are we using that to move forward? I know. One thing you talk about a lot in your book, um, staying grounded, I know you talk a lot about empowering yourself. And I know that was like where the connection of, of our books kind of intersected. Um, and you talk a lot about just really habits and really staying, really staying focused and kind of living your, your word and walking your, your talk. And I thought that that was so positive throughout the, throughout the book. And, you know, as I see, and as I've, as I've, you know, followed you and as I've learned from you along the way, I think that what you're saying too, in addition to that, is that we as educators really need to walk our, our talk. And I think that what we're really trying to do, if we're really trying to unlock unlimited potential, if that's what school leaders are trying to do, if, if that's what school, if that's what teachers are trying to do at the end of the day, it all comes back down. It doesn't matter what device you're using. It doesn't matter what what lesson you're using it's it comes back to those relationships right and it's how are we building oh gosh you, you, Brandon, yeah. you're 100 right you know there there are a lot of similarities uh not only between i think our worldview um but certainly in between your book and my book there's a lot of 
cross-referencing uh, of, of ideas. Yeah, it's like a cross-pollination. It's really, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Growth mindset, I know that you, you speak about often, and I speak about attitude making all the difference in the world. But it's really, for me, of the 12 principles, it's principle number one that is the most important, and uh, which is taking care of yourself. Like You have to find out ways in order to take care of yourself so you can serve others. And it's very difficult to do that during this pandemic. And I'm going to, you know, this book was written pre pandemic, right? And I will tell you, I, even though the book's called Staying Grounded, there were many times I was not grounded <laughs> during this pandemic. Many times, many more times that I wish to, to think about, to be honest with you. And what happens when you become ungrounded is to say, okay, that's, that's totally cool. Let's get back to being grounded again and, and understand what those things are that anchor you to, to doing that. And for me, it's about those routines in the morning. It's about self-care, all the things that seem selfish, but it's really not. So you can serve, serve others because whether you are teaching or whether you are administrating in some way, you're re we're really doing the same thing. We're, we're helping others and serving others in a very high capacity. Yeah. And that's what I loved. I remember reaching out to you right when I read the book, because it was one of the first code breaker books that I read. And I remember reaching out to you and I was like, we have so many similarities. And I Crazy. remember all the authors you were using. And I so believe in bringing that work. I mean, there are your Maslow's and there are your Dewey's and there are your gardeners no. and there are Linda Darling Hammond's and all no. those you know, awesome educators. But I also think it's so important to bring those personal development authors into the picture. And I love that. I know you speak about that. Some of some of those people share some of your some of your people with with the people out there. Yeah, Jim Rohn, which is a throwback person. Um, he's really amazing. Um, he, he really he talks about holding yourself accountable um, and really making goal setting incredibly important. And he was a, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tony Robbins was a big fan of Jim Rohn uh, as well, which which is interesting. So I, I love Tony's very, very early work, which uh, is very helpful uh, to, to me. And uh, Dr. Dyer, um, Wayne Dyer, I, I think for, for me, of all the people, as far as being reflective and keeping an open mind to growing, doing the inner work, um, has helped me tremendously. And the way I go about things is when I learn about somebody, I mean, I take like a weird deep dive into it, like where I know everything about them, all the work they've done, and I read everything, and I'm hoping some of it becomes part of my DNA. So if I'm fixated on one person, it's usually for a good three or four months where I'm watching their YouTube videos, or I'm listening to their podcasts or books on tape. And that's, that's I have to be honest with you, that has helped me tremendously now does it help me all the time no but it's helped me more than it's hurt me for sure yeah no totally absolutely and we talk about you know inspirational people that are out there serving others and you know one thing we do on this show is we we dedicate an episode to an educator who's out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve and you know for this episode i know you have a personal connection to this guy, Sir Ken Robinson, and really want to take a moment and just honor the life of this this man, this this complete education guru, the warrior that he was, and just the mindset. And I'd love for you to just take a few moments and just, I know you're doing a lot of connecting and a lot of work with, with Sir Ken, and I know that you have in the past. And 
I'd love to hear some of your connections and, and maybe a story or two about, you know, I know you tell a story about him in a snow day in your book. Oh, you know? <laughs> that gosh, was interesting. I, it was crazy. So, and, and this is, I think this is good advice to, to some of you. I, I, I looked up to Ken for a very long, very long time before I tried to connect with him. Um, and I just, I, I sent him an email and I said, you know, would you consider coming to my previous school district? I found out how much he was through his uh, agent and, and and I was like, oh, there's no way we could pay. <laughs> we could pay that kind of money. Um, but I reached out to him and, you know, you never know. He says this in one of his TED talks. You never know until you take a go at something. And I did. And he responded. And so we started conversing via email and then we started following each other on Twitter. And for me, he's like the fifth Beatle, right? So Beatles are my, my, my favorite band. He I, I can't tell you or underscore how much I admire and I will say educationally love this guy I, it, with everything that he does and he came out to our school district now he happened to come out to our school district where we had board regents coming we had um, so many politicians coming other superintendents other school districts big 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 day in November and we get this snowstorm a snowstorm that probably happens on Long Island in November early November once every 30 years. And of course it happened that time. He was staying at the Ohika Castle, him and his wife, Terry, took him three plus hours to get what normally is a half hour ride. And so by the time he got there, and of course he, he was late because of how long it took, he was exhausted. He was completely exhausted. So he ate something real quick. He popped out on stage and we were supposed to do an interview. I was supposed to interview him on stage. He was the nicest gentleman during a really difficult time, and he captivated the audience. And it really, I believe, enabled us as a school district to move things forward that we felt were really important. And so from that on, we just kept the relationship going. I last spoke to him before his passing um, last June. Uh, in April, we did a podcast together. He was um, he interviewed me for one of his podcasts. and. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain what an impact he has. You know, I, I talk about the holy trinity of, of educators. Uh, he is at the top. I also believe Pazi Salberg is is up there as well. And I love Dr. Peter Gray's work out of Boston College. Um, his work on play uh, is incredibly uh, underserved and should be read more. And you find, Brandon, during those times that they're all interconnected. They all know each other. So it's like, you know, Ken knows Pazi very well. Pazi knows um, knows uh, Peter very well, who knows all these other people that we can talk about, you know, up and down Andy Hargraves and, and Michael Fullen and all these other things. But the moral of the story is reach out to somebody who you believe in and you never know what could happen. If I never picked up, <laughs> if I never emailed, never would have happened. Yeah. And be persistent and take those chances. And, and what do you have to lose? I mean, you're reaching out to somebody. You can be can you could be perceived as a, a super fan stalker, or you could be you know. But that's that's not your problem. That's not who you are. You are trying to grow and and reaching out to others is is the is the only way that you really can, right? I, I would agree. And if you really know their work intimately, in the sense of you know, it's part of what you believe your core values are, what your vision is as as an educator. It definitely helps for sure. And so now I'm working with his daughter, Kate. Um, 
We have a podcast coming out shortly. It's called 14,000 Hours. That's how long kids are in school from kindergarten until they graduate in 12th grade. We have 14,000 hours to impact kids. And so our podcast is is really designed about what do we do during those 14,000 hours and asking people what do they think the purpose of education is, which I find fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, I know you also just did, they did uh, a special show for Ken, uh, a memorial show of some sorts, but I know I saw the list. I mean, it was you, it was Hugh Jackman, um, a couple other, you know, famous, you know, people were on that list that I saw. Um, What was that all about? Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. So Kate and her husband, Anthony, um, put together this memorial tribute to Sir Ken on his birthday. And they're gonna, going to do it every year. It's called Imagine If. And I, that's the, the question he, he would ask. Imagine if, and then you complete the sentence as far as what, what you would like to see within the world or within the world of education. And so there were celebrities there. As you mentioned, it was Hugh Jackman. I don't know how I was sandwiched between Orlando Bloom and me, and then Hugh Jackman. That's a huge letdown. Um, but then they also had, you know, Goldie Hawn was there um, as, as well. And, and a lot of top leading educators uh, internationally paying tribute to an amazing person. And if there's one book that I do recommend that you read from uh, read that Ken wrote out of our minds is probably one of my favorites. So there's so many of them, but that's one. Uh, he talks about the element as well. You know, you finding that sweet spot between what you're really, really good at and then what you do as a profession. So it's worth, worth the read. That's awesome. Well, so if you're going to finish my sentence, unlocking unlimited potential means. Oh, uh, well, I thought, you know, I've been thinking about this, so I'm going to keep it short and sweet because um, I haven't been this whole interview. <laughs> so, um, it's knowing who you are now and then doing anything necessary into becoming who you want to be. That is really important. Understanding where you are now, understanding wh- where you want to be and who you want to be and doing, as Malcolm X would say, by any means necessary to make that happen. That's how you unlock it. Yeah. Sounds super easy, right? (laughs) Yeah. You just snap your fingers and you just make it happen. But the first step, Brandon, as as you say, is, you know, um, is really understanding who you are and defining what you want to do to unlock that unlimited potential. And we all have it. It's latent in many of us, um, but you have to be willing to do the work in order to make it come out. It's the daily grind, right? Finding those things that you love and trying to hold on and turn those things that you love into something you can spend more time on and hopefully a career. And, and you know, I think that's why I think so many educators are capable to unlock unlimited potential because they're serving others. And what feels better than serving others? Um, there is no higher calling. I can't think right. of a higher calling than that. Right. Absolutely. So, Michael, I appreciate you joining the show. How can people stay up to date, follow you? Where is everything? I think I got a few of your Twitter tags. I know you have uh, this one here, right? Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, for the um, for our, our, our book um, for Instagram and I believe for um for Twitter as well. Yeah, the book is staying staying grounded. Um, it's not just for educators. I, I think it's um, it's for anybody who wants to, to get better in some capacity, but I have Twitter as well, uh, Mike Hines 5. 
that's where you, you usually find me uh, very early in the morning posting something positive because uh, we all need something positive when we wake up in the morning. And um, yeah, and then I write the occasional article here and there. So I appreciate the shout out for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. People are looking forward. I'm sure they're going to be following you. There's, you know, I, I hope that you follow this guy over here because, you know, following him. I mean, I didn't even we didn't even know each other at the beginning of this pandemic. And you're writing a forward for my book and I'm reading your book. And it's been a pleasure to learn from you. It's been a pleasure to work alongside you. And and it's been, you know, really great getting to know you. I appreciate uh, you joining on the show and, and taking your time. I know when you're super busy scheduled during this crazy time. So I appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine, Brandon, and continued success with your incredible book. And for those of you who haven't purchased it, you better get out there and do so. Uh, it's money well spent and you'll be all the better for it. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Continue to unlock unlimited potential in all whom you serve. And just like Michael said, don't forget that that journey begins with us and continue to educate with passion. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Be well. Be safe. Thanks again, Mike. I appreciate you. This podcast is proud to be a part of the Codebreaker Podcast Network and also the entire family of disruptors at Codebreaker.